This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length. What are you doing at home this time? <laughs> I just don't like to come to work. Man. Today we You know, are... Molly, none of us like to come to work, but... <laughs> Today, CNET users and podcast listeners will get to, not today, but... At our holiday help desk on the day after Thanksgiving, you will get a glimpse at the inside of my home. Ah. Because really? we are filming uh, a segment on one of our top 10 holiday gifts here at my house. Which of the top 10 holiday gifts? The TiVo, the $50 TiVo. Of course. All right. Series 2 TiVo, yeah. So, so I yeah. Got to bring home a brand new TiVo, do all the little plugging in, play with a little boop, 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 boop. So come to CNET.com on the day after Thanksgiving in the United States, November 25th. All day long, 12 hours, we'll be streaming. And sometime during that 12 hours, you'll get a look inside Molly's house. That's right. Plus, of course, you can call and talk to us. You'll get to see us streaming live. It's going to be a great day. Is it going to be the same number? Yeah. 1-800-616-CNET? I think so. so I don't know. quote me on that, but that's the last information I heard. So you have no excuse not to call because you all know, know the number. You're used to it. Seriously, Trip, we're guys. talking to you. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, start. We've, we're making a good effort to start out with non-Sony things, but we'll get there. <laughs> Oh, Don't yes, you worry. <laughs> uh, the uh, Microsoft Office 12 beta came yeah. out last night, actually. I had a funny story about this. It was supposed to come out at 9 p.m. Uh-huh. Uh, and the reviews side of CNET, CNET.com, CNET Reviews, had signed an, an NDA, as, as CNET does from time to time, to get early looks at things, and was ready to post at 9 p.m. Robert Vimosi, our, our editor, got a call uh, from Microsoft around 7-ish, Saying, uh, yeah, you know, News.com just reported on the uh, Office 12 beta, so uh, NDA's broken. You can go ahead and post. Oh, man. Really? Yeah, I did a rush video on it yesterday. That is really unusual. So 7 p.m., we had the the review up. Or the first take. It's not really a full review. So sort of a Cena exclusive, really. Um, That is actually pretty surprising, though, because usually companies are not so willing to break their own NDAs, even if a news source goes... Well, especially a news source in the same building. So that, that was, was an interesting story. Interesting story. Very but, enlightened. You know what? Very enlightened. We have, we have a great coverage on CNET. We have Office 12 Slideshow, Word 12 Slideshow, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, Publisher, all the Office 12 Video. Slideshows you could want. I'm not that fired up about it. Are yeah, you? I'm no. curious <laughs> what the audience thinks. Are you I'm, real fired up about the new version of Office? Because I've been seeing news about it everywhere, and then I was like, yeah, wow, oh, I don't know, Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll just wait until, like, IT rolls it out, you know, because yeah. you know I'm not going to spend $600 on a new office suite at home. <laughs> Star office, where's that? I mean, the task bar is open office. Open office, yes. Right. Or either one. Star office or open office. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, woo there it is. And it's for Windows, so Veronica doesn't care. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, in other news. This will get you fired up. Trying to, it sounds like advertisers trying to play a little bit dirty. Maybe. Yeah. With DVR owners. This was in Media Life magazine today. Uh, There's a potential face-off brewing between the advertisers and the broadcasters over Nielsen's plan to rate DVRs, TiVo, basically, in homes. They would would roll out three ratings. One would be live ratings. One would be time-shifted over seven days, and one would be time-shifted over one day. And so you could see the ratings... For a show in those, like, how many people actually watched it live, how many people watched it within a day, and how many people watched it within a week. 
So this is great, right? Everybody's been worried about, hey, we need we need ratings for the people with TiVo. TiVo's great, gaining market share. DVRs are gaining even more market share. Right. You know, we don't, we don't want to lose this. So what the advertisers respond by going, we're not buying those numbers. Those people fast forward through the commercials. <laughs> That's awesome. So they don't count. Apparently. Right. Uh the argument on the side of Nielsen and the broadcasters is that people with DVRs watch an average of 5.7 hours of television a day compared to 5.1 hours for homes without DVRs. Right. As well as just the fact that, hey, you know what? Even when these people are fast-forwarding, they usually see the commercial. Some people watch commercials anyway, even though they have the ability to fast-forward well, through them. And the, yeah, commercials the- in a DVR'd show are not valueless. No. And the commercials that the people do watch, like if a DVR owner like myself watches a commercial, it usually is because that commercial made a big impact. Yeah. And will continue to, so it actually might be more effective than the person who got up and went to the bathroom because the commercials were on. Well, what I think is interesting, actually, most interesting about this story is that the networks are telling these buy- the media buyer, the media advertisers that they're wrong. The networks are saying that people overestimate uh, the commercial skipping that goes on and that, in fact, these numbers are still valuable, which I found to be a little bit surprising. I would have thought the networks would be kind of on the same side. Well, the networks, the I think what the networks are saying, I think the, the motivation behind the networks anyway, is that, hey, we need to have as big a number as possible for every one of our shows. Right. And we've been hammering that, gosh, you know what, we have to be able to rate these people with DVRs because Nielsen, up until now has just not surveyed you. If you have a TiVo or a DVR in your house, you don't qualify. You cannot be surveyed. Right, which means So the shows, numbers are off. Which means that shows that were very highly TiVoed may have gotten canceled, like Arrested Development was in danger, but there, there seems to be evidence that people TiVoed all the time. Firefly, the Joss Whedon show, was another example that was canceled because it had very, really low ratings, but afterward was found to have been one of the most TiVoed shows in history. The networks are, are number-hungry. Yes. And so they don't want to give up anything that's going to add to the numbers. That is true. That makes sense. And then the advertisers just don't get it as usual. Well, because this is just the theme, because they want to stick with the old model. They don't want to have to change the model. They don't have to work harder to make their commercials more effective. They don't want to have to think of other ways to advertise during TV shows. And, and the weirdest thing is that they are doing all of those things. Non and de- non-traditional advertising is a huge topic in the advertising world. Right. Like product placement is a huge topic in the advertisement world because of DVRs, and yet at the same time they're like, we're not going to buy that. Well, it's a huge topic, but those those in-show commercials are still their cash cow. Yeah. Well, I mean that's, that's, that's still that's true. you know they can only get so creative, and they, so far I think any the solutions they've come with haven't made them enough money to lessen the fear. Well, yeah. As I pick up my Acme pen to make a note on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean. That's that's where we're headed. Yeah. And and eventually, I think this may become... I think, you know what? I think you've brought up something interesting, which is this may become a non-issue. Yeah. As we go to more and more non-traditional advertising, it may be that they don't care about running regular commercials too much. Well, and I think... Uh, definitely. I think it... In I don't know how long it'll be. Maybe it'll be another 10 years, but I think at some point it will be a non-issue because you certainly have advertisers sitting in boardrooms, even if they won't admit it in the public, saying the 30-second spot is dead. Okay, I hear people out there going, what about Sony? <laughs> so let's uh, move on. Yesterday, Sony finally, after three days from the publication of the vulnerability of their fix, have withdrawn the uninstaller. Three days. And they're currently working on a new tool 
that will uninstall First for Internet's XCP software on their disk. So our recommendation stands, don't buy a Sony CD right now. I mean, boycott or not, we're not making that recommendation. Just until they have fixed this problem, have withdrawn all the rootkits, have a security fix that actually works, Mm -hmm. stay away from them. Stay away from them. I mean, yeah, you can go into the store and you can look and see if you see the little XCP label on the CD. It's a little apparently hard to find. But I don't know. Check out the list of artists before you buy. Yeah, when in doubt, just don't. And, of course, you should know that uh, even though they've withdrawn the uninstaller that actually made the rootkit even more dangerous than it originally was, they their website is still telling you to install them. Yeah. To, to install the rootkit in the first place. It still has instructions. Now, I, I, to be fair, I haven't checked in the past hour or so, but they had still had up on their website advice to people that if you're playing a Sony disc and you're not logged in as administrator, please log in as administrator so you can install the XCP software, right. the dangerous rootkit that opens up a wide security hole. I suspect, I'm trying to get to the site right now and it's not loading, which I suspect is because it's on Boing Boing and everyone's trying to get there right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it is probably going to come down soon, but you never know. I mean, it took three days for them to go, oh, the uninstaller is really dangerous? Yeah, and then there's a great story on Wired, and it's actually an editorial from Bruce Schneier asking the question that I haven't heard asked yet very much, which is, why didn't the antivirus apps knock out this rootkit immediately after it was discovered? Uh I mean, this thing has been out there since 2004, and the antivirus companies mostly did nothing until there was a hue and cry raise, and even then it took them a while to start doing anything to fix it. Yep, and And a a rootkit's the kind of thing that uh, we pay them to find for us. If if this was another uh, another rootkit from just out in the wild, not from Sony, would they have acted differently? I don't know. It's pretty interesting. It says Semantic on November 11th. They didn't, well, it didn't consider the rootkit to be malware at all. And it, on November 11th, it finally posted a tool to remove the cloaking, not to uninstall the rootkit, because it's DRM technology, and Sony wants it to keep to make money off of and um, as of November 15th, apparently, Symantec still says, this rootkit was designed to hide a legitimate application, but it can be used to hide other objects, including malicious software. So you, shouldn't have, you should at least get an alert. Yeah. Well, and this is an awesome quote, actually, from the editorial. It says, the only thing that makes this rootkit legitimate is that a multinational corporation put it on your computer, not a criminal organization. That's, and that's exactly right. Yep. I mean, there's a trust issue there. And, and you know what? It's not so much to the antivirus company's discredit to say that, you know, as a consumer, I would expect that if Sony put something on my computer, that it, it would be legitimate. I mean, on, honestly, as a skeptical reporter, it took me a little while to go, gosh, I re- this is really just a bad hacker rootkit. I mean, it's just, it's just a right. rootkit. I kept thinking, oh, there's got to be. They wouldn't be that stupid. There's got to be something. No, there wasn't. No. So, I, I mean, I, I understand the impulse, but... Come on, we're relying on these people. They, yeah, they need to, to be a little less trusting. Well, and the question is, are they trusting or are they complicit? Well, there you go. There, you know, that are is they the saying this is all part of the greater corporate thing in which Sony has a right to try to protect its profits with digital rights management technology? Put on your we're alum- not going to get involved. Put on your aluminum hats, folks. <laughs> Here come the conspiracies. It could be a conspiracy. I don't, I'm not alleging collusion, but I'm saying that you know companies are reluctant to try to do something that might affect the... The, the profit-making of other companies. Oh, yeah, it's a natural... It, it's a, it, whether there is any relationship or not, there is a natural respect there. Right, and unfortunately, that puts them in their camp and not in our camp. Sony's got a new product out, though, don't, don't they? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. 
<laughs> well, you, you noted this one from the register, correct? I did, yeah. I think this is kind of interesting. They uh, put out a new video voice over IP service that uh, is apparently free. They're calling it IVE, Instant Video Everywhere. Free of rootkits? <laughs> I'm just saying it's a bad time to put out a new product. Yeah, well, you know, and this this goes back to what we've discussed about Sony being a big company that does, the arms don't really talk to each other. I'm sure this is an entirely different arm that has nothing to do with Sony BMG. Right. But, yeah. But mm. you just never know. There's going to be some suspicions. Yes, sure, it's a are. fine VoIP service. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, it comes from Sony. Yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't. I'm sure that in connecting to the internet, it wouldn't get anything. Put it on your. I mean, no. sure. No, we're, I'm, now I'm, we're just being irresponsible. I think uh, <laughs> no. I, I I am trying to say, uh, in all facetiousness aside, that I'm I'm sure this is fine. Right. I mean, I I would doubt that there is anything, but I can understand why people would question that. I can understand that too, given recent events. And by the way, I finally got that Sony BMG page to load. Indeed, the instructions for copying a CD are still the instructions that would, in fact, install the rootkit on your computer. Great. Get, you know what? Get to work, folks. <laughs> get, really. We get that off of there. Get a clue. We, uh, when, we, when we make up the uh, lineup for this show, when we, we discuss stuff, we just sort of send, ar- send around links to each other of stuff we've seen. We look at your emails, and, and we look out on the web at different stories. And today, um, in Molly's list of links that she sent me, she just put, Mossberg is awesome today. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's Walt Mossberg writing about in the Wall what Street Journal that that's mean? so awesome? Well, um, I should preface this by saying that Walt Mossberg of the Wall Street Journal has apparently been on vacation for a while because he just now is writing about the Sprint over-the-air music downloads. But he tested the service and has determined that $2.50 for a song download is indeed a bloody ridiculous price. Yep, thank you, Walt. Thank we are you, Walt. right there with you. But I think one of the things he said that I think is the most interesting, because he has really come out and said, and I have been saying this for a long time, too, that the cell phone carriers are kind of the new, I don't know, the new corporate evil. I mean, they really... Soviet ministries, apparently. And he calls them the Soviet ministries. (laughs) That's awesome. He wrote a whole column talking about how they were the Soviet ministries, and they treat their their customers as captives, and they refuse to allow technological innovations in hardware, and refuse to allow open competition for services. So he says that he thinks that the Sprint pricing is a, quote, lethal combination of two industries that many consumers believe typically charge too much. One is the bumbling record industry, mm-hmm. which has been seeking to raise prices in the fledgling legal downloading market, even as it continues to bleed from free illegal downloading. The other is the cell phone carriers, or as I like to call them, the Soviet ministries. That's funny. I think that Walt could not be more correct. The Central Committee has decided that you do not want this ringtone. And you're <laughs> And if you want it, you should pay much, much more for it than is is strictly necessary. Okay, we're going to talk about Apple's Intel iBook, uh, Windows caves into Firefox, and more of your emails and voicemails in just a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. 
So speaking of cranking up the rumor mill, yes. <laughs> uh, the uh, Slashdot posting today says that the rumors are flying that the first entry-level iBook laptop with an Intel processor would appear at the January Macworld Expo right here in beautiful San Francisco. Right. Is I that, think that's probably a good bet. Is that link from Maybe. Think Secret? This Think is Secret a article? link from Think Secret. Yeah, yes. and apparently there are like dueling Mac rumors at yes, this point. Yes, because um, Apple Insider is saying that it's going to be PowerBooks. Yes. And Think Secret is saying it's going to be iBooks. Okay, well, well, I guess I should rephrase what I said. I think it's pretty good bet that we're going to see an Intel processor oh, in something. An Intel something. The Intel processor iPod, not so much, but a PowerBook <laughs> or an iBook or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's the arena of debate then. Yeah, someone Veronica. gave me a link on the um, on the forums to the Think Secret article, and um, I, you know, I've got my fingers crossed for the PowerBook, even though I wouldn't buy it right away, but. It would still be cool if the iBook came out. What if they sooner. both? What if they just had? I mean, I that that would make most the most sense is it to would. roll out a little of everything. Yeah. Well, Apple Insider seems to be saying it's going to be the slew, right? Are they saying every, everything at Apple Plus. Insider? Okay. Hmm. So everybody's taking all all sections. Anyway, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, at this point, it's almost. <laughs> at this point, you never know if anyone knows, and so now it's just like a war between the Apple rumor sites. I love it when they go to war together, yeah. though. Yes. It's always funny to see who's going to be right at the end, and Apple, if anyone. Apple really couldn't have given them a juicier target this year, considering all the Intel stuff. <laughs> hey, thanks to uh, AP. I'm voting for an Intel iPod. <laughs> nice. <laughs> thanks to AP for tipping us off uh, to this link from, uh, actually, it's, it's somebody's blog, but it, it's also linked elsewhere. Microsoft Windows Genuine Advantage Program is actually updated itself to include support for Firefox. And if you don't know what this is, it's the program that allows you to validate that your copy of Windows XP is genuine. And previously, you could only use Internet Explorer to prove that you had not stolen your operating system. So if you if that that was kind of an issue for some people if it said you need to prove uh, the identity of your Windows program and you had uninstalled Explorer somehow, which not very many people have done, but some have, you had to reinstall it. Otherwise, you couldn't prove anything. <laughs> Big pain. But this is a tacit admission on Microsoft's part that, hey, you know what, enough people have Firefox, we have to pay attention. Yeah, I think it's more that than anything, because as you said, very few people have uninstalled Internet Explorer. But it makes it easier for people who have Firefox now. They don't have to go leave and launch um, Internet Explorer. Yeah. It's pretty good. Very interesting. All right. uh, We got some bits here. We got bits and pieces of stuff. Blu-ray in the doghouse, Molly? sounds like it. It sounds like they are now at odds with HP. Um, HP has some proposal that it wants the Blu-ray Association to accept, um, and Blu-ray saying no, and now HP is kind of trying to throw down the gauntlet and say, well, then I'm going to consider HD DVD instead. We might support them if you don't uh, go for our technology. They basically, it sounds like it's HP um, copy protection and then sort of new interactive features that it wants the Blu-ray. Bluff. Yeah. Bluff. I think it's a bluff. But we'll keep you updated. Well, yeah, come on. H- HP and everyone is going to go with the winner. So. Motorola's letting success go to its head. <laughs> They're so high on the success of the Razer phone, which I, everyone has now. It's almost as bad as the iPod. I feel like a tool carrying one around now. Oh. <laughs> I mean, everybody, all of the old ladies with their, their bags of fresh chickens on the train heading home with me have the razor. I mean, it's just it's insane. I saw two people on the train last night with it out at yeah. the same time. Yeah. It's, uh, Singular has done a good job. So oh, Motorola. Maybe you get a pink one. <laughs> yeah, oh. that, that'll, that's a good idea. You can stand out. 
I'll look different till everybody yeah. has the pink one. Uh, Motorola is going to switch to an Apple style product launch where they're going to try to have when they announce the product, have it for sale right away. I, I see nothing wrong with that. I they see nothing wrong with that either. I, I think, think everyone should do that for crying out loud. Yeah, what's this whole thing about? Hey, we've got a product someday. Because <laughs> then people get all excited, I guess, and they line up like they are with Xbox 360. It works both ways, though. People get all excited about the iPod and the new in power books, and yes. speculation runs rampant. Mm-hmm. News for Veronica. Really? There's a story at New Scientist that says a new study has found that game addiction has the same <sighs> effects as people on people as drug addiction. Veronica, it, we're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was absorbing that. Sorry. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Like, what is going on with my life? It is a true, apparently, it is an... Indeed, a true addiction. In becoming addicted, according to the story, people start to associate cues that are normally neutral with the object of their craving. To a crack addict, for instance, a building in which they've used the drug is more than just a place they've been. It becomes a trigger for craving. Okay, I associate certain foods with World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Like smells set off thoughts about playing. That's, I saw an intervention, you know that show? Yep. I saw one where they had a guy that was a video game addict, and they did an intervention for him. But I want to know, how is this different from music? Because there's been studies that say that music is also as addictive as drug of the week. Well, what? Really? I, ha- I have. I've seen, you know, music is a, is a very addictive thing. You, you have to have it, and you have certain tastes, and you have to keep getting those tastes. Yeah, and... but you can, like, do other things. Yeah, but it's not taking away time from your life. Well, that, that's a matter of the format, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you have to have it, it and says, hence the iPod. It says excessive computer game players showed classic signs of craving when they were presented with freeze frames from some of their favorite games. They desperately wanted to play, expected to feel better once they did, and fully intended to indulge again as soon as possible. That's because it's fun. <laughs> you can't take it away from me. <laughs> All right, but we're, we're here for you when you decide you need help. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, don't drink decaf. You'll die. <laughs> I have been telling people that for so long. And also, you'll be really tired. Straight out of the slash dot uh, headlines and a link to the American Heart Association website. Whoa. All right, folks, this is no laughing matter. Uh, they, well, the American Heart Association doesn't say you'll die, but um, <laughs> basically, decaffeinated coffee, not caffeinated, not the natural coffee, but decaffeinated coffee may cause an increase in harmful LDL cholesterol. Interesting. Weird. Because they put yucky stuff in there to make a decaf. So, so that phrase, decaf. death before decaf? It's true. It's death so with decaf. True. Mm. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, man. I had a little decaf last night. See, then what are you supposed to do at the party when it's like 1030 and you're trying to get rid of people because, according to Miss Manners, the way to get people to leave is to say, anyone want coffee? Why don't you make uh-huh. some sleepy time tea? You just, you just make coffee then. Yeah, that's true. And then if they, t- yeah, if they no, take you up on it. Then they stay awake and then they stay longer. Uh, you still bundle them off into the car. Thanks. You give them go <laughs> Now cups. you're awake to go home. <laughs> we got a really good email from Cyrano in our discussions about micro, um, Xbox 360 that I thought was super interesting because, as you know, I've been, like, all down on the core system. And he says, while you and I may perceive the Xbox 360 as a gaming device, in reality it's Microsoft's second attempt to gain access to the home media center. He says their big bet is that there are a number of consumers who will never use the 360 as a gaming device. Instead, they'll use it in conjunction with the desktop computer to extend the network throughout the house. Because as you know, the Xbox can stream content from Windows Media Center PCs 
to through it to the TV. So they, I think they're thinking it'll work like a network DVD player. I think Cyrano's smarter than Microsoft. I think Cyrano is one smart. <laughs> well, because I, I don't know that that's what they intend, but they should have. Oh no, it's totally what they intend. You think? Yeah. In fact, I felt kind of dumb when I read this email because I was like, oh yeah, they've there have been several articles about that and hints okay. about that. I mean, I don't think Microsoft has been super explicit. Like, this is how we're going to take over your living room because people don't really like hearing that kind of thing. But um, no, I think that is he is absolutely right to point that out. I think that's absolutely their goal. All However, right. I don't think you're going to convince that many people that the Xbox 360 is a you know is not a gaming machine. Well, let's take the, that phone call from Greg then, who's following up on his Xbox 360 call from yesterday. Hi, Tom and Molly. This is Greg yet again. Uh, thank you for playing my message about the Xbox and the uh, launch price. I just wanted to clarify my comments about the quote-unquote cheap accessories. I wasn't trying to imply that it was a bad deal for consumers to get the $400 deal. In fact, when you add up the retail price for all of the items you get, it's actually a really good deal. My comment, though, was how cheap it was for Microsoft. Uh, the po- reason that it's relevant is that the Xbox 360 is widely known as a loss leader. It may cost them something like $460 to produce in just an Xbox 360 console. And so by upping the price to $400 and including a bunch of accessories that are cheap for them to make but not cheap for consumers to buy, um, I think that could be less of a loss for Microsoft than if one were to buy a $300 console. And I think that's why they're pushing it so much. Um, Okay, that's it. Thanks. Bye. So this is also a good point. Greg's pointing out that the consoles themselves never make the money mm-hmm. for these companies. It's the game titles that make the money. Right. And that's that's absolutely true. That's something we forgot to take into account in our discussion yesterday. That is very true. So that sheds a little different light on the core system, especially given Cyrano's email. Yeah. Yeah, that is very interesting. It's all well, coming together now. At 400 bucks a pop, you're telling me they're not going to make money on that thing? I guess Pro- not. Maybe not. It, it may be possible. In fact, that is the conventional wisdom, is that they don't. Yeah, yeah. No, right, right B? Makes a lot of sense. She's well. over there nodding, so I had to make her say something. <laughs> <laughs> right? Say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we got a, a, a voicemail, too, from Paul, who I once called Ron, and we'll never, ever hear the end of it. <laughs> Especially in his own voicemail. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, Tom Molly, it's Ron. I mean, Paul. Um... I was just wondering, I'm thinking about buying a laptop eventually for college. I'm a couple of years away from that, but uh, and I'm looking into going into some media production uh, type job, um, and I wanted to know which is better for that, Mac or Windows, and what program to use. So uh, I think that's going to be a Tom Merritt versus uh, Veronica deathmatch. So uh, fight. Thanks. Bye. Ah, ready? You ready for the death match? (laughs) The eternal question. Okay, well, it all depends on what kind of media you're going to do, first of all. Right. Are you doing audio production? Are you doing video production? Are you doing uh, production for film? If you're doing audio production, I would say, and, and, uh, okay, audio production, go with a Mac. Pretty much hands down, is what I would say. Okay. Because you've got Pro Tools... And just the processing power that most Macs have is just far above and beyond. What? I, in my experience, in school, all Wait, we had the was Macs. Wait, just po- shifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the I went to college for. That's what we used. Is far and above. Come on. For standard use, like, okay. Anyway, you're whatever. Going to video. Video. 
there it depends on what you like better. It is like, a toss up. Yeah, because you can either use Avid or you can use Final Cut. Now, see, that's funny because I would have said for audio, it doesn't matter at all. Really? Because there are, you can get great programs for Windows, and the Windows machines have just as much capacity and processing power okay. or more. I, I retract, more. I retract and, that statement. And for video, I would have said you might want to lean towards Mac simply no. because of Final Cut. But yeah, but a lot of people like Avid better. And if, yeah. and that would be the caveat is like if you, if you really if you want to go after Avid, mm-hmm. which is a little more expensive, but some people like better, then it. You know, then it makes a difference. But and there are other decent um, yeah, but video production, the video software packages for PC, like Premiere. I think mm. a lot of people like Premiere if they're not super serious. Yeah, it's it's a third. It's a third. Place. I would say stick with Final Cut. That's my. But if you like Premiere, favorite. yeah, that's you, what I you use. You could go here with either one. Yeah. Really, it is. I think. I think actually, at this point, it is almost. It's fifty-fifty. It's sort of like what you prefer. Yeah. All right, real quick, Jenny. P wrote in, said the Democrats can't defeat a law because they're in the minority. Actually, there are a lot of weird rules in Congress, Jenny, and sometimes you need a two-thirds majority so Democrats can undermine laws yeah. by not, not allowing a two-thirds majority to pass something or get out of a filibuster. I, I don't know. It's a whole civics thing. But yeah, where did can, that come you, from? You can still, what because we talked about to? the Democrats killing a, uh, oh. a bill for uh, a blogging thing. I was probably on the forums not mm. listening. <laughs> well, and if it was a committee, then it just depends on the Democratic representative. Exactly. The there's, a, there's a whole other, whole lot of stuff. So, yes. hey, thanks for all your feedbacks and email. Keep the uh, the forum postings coming at forums.cnet.com. You can call us, 1-800-616-CNET. Leave us a voicemail. We play them. And uh, send us an email, buzz at cnet.com. Our Frapper site, by the way, up to above 200. 200. <laughs> so uh, keep posting, oh, folks. Oh, I wanted to give a shout-out to everyone in Massachusetts and Eastern Mass, and um, also to the one guy in Connecticut, because I am originally from Connecticut, and he said, does anyone in Connecticut listen? Well, if I still lived there, I would, except I maybe I wouldn't, because I wouldn't be here producing it, so I don't know. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> That's a little confusing. Do you have friends in Connecticut that can listen? Yes. Yes, I do. But, so, especially for, out to uh, Eastern Mass, because they gave me a shout-out, so... I appreciate that. Excellent. And thanks again to Yay. Chris for setting the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. And a shout out, random shout out to, I'm clicking on something right now, Rolo in Oxford, England. <laughs> Good like on you, oh, mate. We should do that. Every day we should give a random shout out to I someone like on the Frapper Map. All right. All right. Do it. From now on. All right. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.